Welcome to Reactive. I'm Khalil, and I'm here with Raquel. Hi! Hi! And with Henning. Hello. Hello. What's up? What is up? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> so, I, I heard you brought no subjects to talk about today to the class. Almost correct. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. I think, I mean... There's still an internet. That's all I've got. <laughs> Actually, wait. No, no, no. No, no. Hold on. Today, just just uh, like like five minutes ago, uh, Guillermo Rausch uh, launched – okay, maybe it wasn't five minutes ago. It was like an hour or two ago. But he launched uh, his new project that he's working on, um, and it's called uh, Sight. Um it's it's uh, now it's actually it's called now, but the company I think it's called Site. It's on uh, Site.co, um, and and it does real time Node.js deployments, which cool. basically means that as long as you have a package.json, you can like basically deploy your code, like your app, into the world, and then it'll give you a URL where that app is located. Just like in real time, and you, it'll it'll give you the URL before it's done deploying or, and all that mm -hmm. stuff. I, don't, I just thought it was really interesting. I haven't really looked into it very much, but that is the end. That is the conclusion of the things that I bring to the table today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so anyway. sounds cool. So, so that means it's like cool. an app that that uh, that it's a command line client. It's yeah. a command line client. So you just do like right. You just type in. As long as you have a package.json in a directory, and then you just do now, then uh, it it copies the URL to your clipboard automatically, and it uploads everything, and then you can just go straight to that URL mm -hmm. and be done. But deploys it to what? Some some this is a platform or to like now.sh now.sh like uh, some. Subdomain dot now dot sh. Oh, nice. yeah, yeah. So kind of like I'm guessing it's kind of like a Heroku, but even it's easier. actually exactly like. Damn, what was that? Surge, surge. Mm -hmm. Do you know? But but mm -hmm. only but only for Node apps instead of uh, static websites. Mm -hmm. Yeah, surge. Mm. Surge is exactly the same. It's a it's a command line thing, and you can just deploy. You can say deploy whatever. It's just oh, actually, when you are uh, in your dire directory where your your index HTML is or your static site is, and you just say surge on the command line, just type surge, then it will just mm. like upload it to a random subdomain at surge.sh, and there's your 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 site, and it's like. Uh, and they have like this whole um, uh, C they have CDNs and stuff, and it's all published to that. So so it's optimized for that. Yeah. And in this case, it's basically the same thing, but just for a Node app. So that's pretty mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. Nice. So do they have a free tier. <laughs> they do. They do. They have a free tier cool. for OSS. So you can um, play it, around. That's nice. Yeah, it gives you twenty free deploys per month, uh, a gig free of monthly bandwidth. A gig free of storage, free backups, one megabyte size limit per file, and you know stuff. Sweet. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, mm, very cool. Yeah, yeah. So 
that's what I bring. So that's what you're going to use for... Uh, for for what, what I have for with me this week. <laughs> no, I mean, that's what you, where you're going to deploy npmjs.com. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. I don't know. What? That's a... Uh, that would be super cheap. One megabyte limit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 20, 20 deploys per month. I don't know. <laughs> um, I did. I did send this over to our VP of engineering because I was like, "Hey, look at this thing. This is kind of cool." Um, just because we try to keep track of what's going on and uh, you know what people are doing and all that good stuff. Because um, honestly, if we don't have to build it and we can just use someone else's thing i'd mm. so much rather do that sure. <laughs> our team if is so small it, why not <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so i don't know we'll see it's interesting that it has a german uh name uh, url yeah well yeah. the name is actually now but well yeah i meant but i mean the the group the company or whatever yeah company company is site site <laughs> yeah Cool. Yeah. Uh, what you got? Uh, what I got. Uh, so, so I have follow up actually. Uh, I actually wanted to do some a little bit more research, basically reading um, and 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 watching a video, but I didn't I didn't get to that. So, but wh what I can say is that uh, Torin Billop Billop is it Billop Billops Torin Billops. Pretty cool name. Um, he's he is a part of the Ember community, I think, uh, from what I can tell from his yes, Twitter account. Is. Yes, he is. Henning knows. Or, <laughs> <clears throat> and so he, um, out of the blue, um, wrote me on Twitter and said uh, he was he was basically reacting to our little roundup of links from the Ember keynote. And so he's the author of Ember Redux. And uh, basically, <clears throat> he was just kind of explaining what, what, what he did, uh, what Ember Redux is. And it's, uh, it's an add-on for the um, Ember CLI. And it is uh, apparently heavily inspired by React Redux, which, I don't know, I mean, I guess it's, it's just the, uh, the normal Redux. I don't know. I, I haven't really uh, worked with Redux a lot. I've watched the um, the Egghead video about Redux, like how like the tutorial about it. So I, I basically know what it is, but I never worked with it. But anyway, he um, so he's basically saying that he he created this add-on in order to um, to write um, Ember apps in a Redux style. And he made a little um, video about it, how he's like refactoring a small application, a small Ember application from like the uh, classic kind of Ember way of doing things to to uh, Redux. And um, which leads him to writing more functional code, which is which is basically what what Redux and, and Flux and and all those unidirectional data flow patterns are all about. <clears throat> Is that your the code that you write in order to update the state of your UI is supposed to become more function functional, in the sense that uh, the functions that actually update the state are pure functions that just receive uh, a, a state parameter and an action parameter, and then um, and then return 
uh, a new version of the state that is basically changed, and and then that that basically that ball of state is used to update the uh, the UI UI. <clears throat> And uh, so, so that was nice. He just basically responded and said, "Hey, this is what I'm doing, da da da." And it's uh, making his code more functional. It's kind of an experiment, or it's a start of something. And he um, and he also wrote an article, which I also wanted to read. I guess I'm going to follow up next week because I'm definitely going to read that stuff and look at that stuff. And uh, and and it just seems like because um, I I saw him in a conversation, I think with or was it on GitHub? I think. Um, they were talking about unidirectional data flow and, or, or how they call it, it's actions up, data down, which, which is basically saying the same thing. Like when the user does something, it triggers an action inside your app and then it goes up, so to speak. And then, uh, and then like there is some sort of an uh, event emitter, you can, you, you, you could say that. Um, then sends that action down again through reducers, those functions that change the state via <clears throat> via the action that is coming through, and then and then basically send that state to the UI. And um, so uh, yeah, so it seems something. It seems to be something that the Ember community is kind of uh, is kind of how do you say uh, discovering currently? Because I saw some uh, conversations between I think Torin and also Yehuda. And how and they were talking about exploring, basically you, like uh, actions up, data down for for Ember apps or something like that. And um, I think it makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, in my experience, actually using a, a pattern like this uh, makes the experience of writing applications like um, so much better. Like 10x, like it's 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 such a big improvement from what we've done before that um, I think that is definitely also going to um, become something that's um, that's big also in Ember. Not also, not only because Angular is also basically uh, they're they're doing that um, or or there's definitely a lot of tutorials about you know using that that patterns like that with Angular too and React of course introduced it and blah 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 blah. So that's that's the follow up. <clears throat> so maybe more follow up next time. Nice. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Aren't you uh, writing sort of a sample app or something uh, involving this as well, but in Angular? Yeah. So I'm I'm as I'm preparing my talk um, about like application architecture with uh, with ArcGIS observables. I'm writing an Angular application that implements the Flux architecture with observables, but um, that is actually so close to, to a Redux implementation with observables. It basically works very much the same way. It's just like the files are, or the, the code is just a little bit different. It's just, a, it's just organized a little bit more differently. But um, so yeah, so that's that's what I'm I'm doing right now. So I'm I'm writing this little application because that's going to be like the sample code or the code I'm going to show uh, when I'm going to give my talk. Yeah. I see. Cool. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's it's really cool. I mean, once when you 
once once uh, you're writing applications with that, it's it's just it's just really fun. Especially, I th especially I think even when you move from just JavaScript vanilla JavaScript implementations to the RxJS observable or whatever observable implementation using that data flow because the observables really help you to reduce boilerplate. It makes everything a little bit more um, concise. It's it's really a nice experience. So I, I introduced that in at work with our application and like everybody, like the whole team is like always happy when they can work on a new feature, you know, because it's <laughs> it's just fun to work with observables and to work with and and when you have this very clear way to implement a feature because every feature is basically implemented the same way and sometimes you have dependencies between you know state that comes from from uh, different actions and you have to figure out how to combine those properly and stuff like that but there's lots of cool operators that you can use with uh, rxjs streams and stuff so um, it's it's always fun yeah and uh, it really it worked out really well for us and it's uh, it's actually really for most people I think the most fun um, um, they're having while working on our app and stuff so that's cool. awesome so you're you're kind of like the the observables evangelist it seems like <laughs> well um, I just got in it just made sense because because we did a lot of research. Because yeah. we were basically stuck with Angular. There was no question we we're going to use Angular, right? So we had to go with that, which was fine. And then uh, we did a lot of research on what, um, because we had to write it in Angular 1, Angular 2 wasn't ready yet. So we started that. We did all this research and it basically told us, um, you know, write your application in a certain way. But, um, and, you know, if it makes sense to use Flux if you want. And it also makes sense to use observables. And, and, then we took like a sample imp implementation of that because, and it makes sense because Angular comes with observables. It uses observables for async operations and stuff like that. So when you do an HTTP an HTTP request <clears throat> to get some data, it will return it as an observable in in Angular too. So it makes sense to go all the way and then also implement your your unidirectional data flow architecture with observables because. Um, it makes it a little nicer. So and and so so I've just been working with it all the time now, and 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 thinking about it and refactoring it and stuff like that. And I really like it, and and uh, you know our team really likes it. And so so um, I'm ha I, I've yeah I'm kind of really um, excited about this, and that's also how how I get got interested in CycleJS, and um, in the pattern that they're using and. That kind of gave me the idea to to talk about this because I just had a little experience with it now and it, and it worked out really well for for us. So um, I just want to share it, you know. Yep. That's, Very cool. So is the, you're saying you're you're gonna go to or switch to Angular two? Does that mean that is in the future, or are you already actively developing <clears throat> in Angular two, or how does that work? Um, so we are in the process of. Of migrating, but really at the beginning still. Okay. So I'm trying to figure out <clears throat> right now um, in our current build stack, which is a little bit different from what apparently what what the Angular team has chosen as the you know uh, like uh, how do you say standard. idiomatic or standard mm -hmm. Angular two build stack or bundling tool stack and stuff like that. 
Um, so, but but it still works with ours as well. But I just have to figure out um, currently how to what is the best way for what is the easiest way, f f especially now to take our thing and to kind of move it into Angular two world. And um, yeah, so I'm just working on that right now. We'll see how good how how that goes. No idea. <clears throat> cool. Yeah. <laughs> and. Um, but it should be fine. And also, um, so actually tomorrow I'm going to go to Munich because on Friday and on Saturday there is the Community Open Day. And that's also going to be an interesting, I guess, I hope. I don't know. But it's uh, so what happened was that we um, at Karlsruhe JS and Frankfurt JS and also, yeah, so basically we had this speaker there. And I think I talked about this also on the podcast. It, um, what was his name? Gregor Biswanger, I think. And um, he was um, like in like a Microsoft kind of. Well, he he was not. He was he used to work for Microsoft, I think, as a freelancer or something like that. And at some point, he became this, you know, kind of t kind of um, Microsoft specialist, something like evangelist type of guy. He was doing a roadshow every year and just talking about a .NET because that was his biggest thing. And then this year, or last year, I think it was, um, he talked about, um, you know, Microsoft tooling in the JavaScript area and open source and stuff. <clears throat> so he was, so he passed through Karlsruhe.js, Frankfurt.js, and was really cool, and he was really nice. And he basically linked um, all the organizers uh, that he met, all the meetup organizers from the different JavaScript meetups, he linked them up with a contact at Microsoft who um, belongs to, um, manages, I don't know, a program at Microsoft that supports meetups and um, and it can be any, and it's basically any kind of meetup. It doesn't have to be related to Microsoft technology at all so and and it's apparent and it's really cool like they're basically saying that hey if you wanna <clears throat> if you want to get a speaker from somewhere and and they you need to pay for um for travel we're happy to help you with that or if you want to you know buy pizza and beer um, we're happy to sponsor that and it doesn't really like there's no questions asked really you know they just give you like a few hundred <laughs> wow. bucks or something like that and and uh, yeah, because you, th it's also not something that anybody can, you know, be part of. Like you have to be um, kind of recommended. I think yeah. that's how it works. And um, yeah, so this is really cool. And and they also do this event. I think it's once a year, and it's called the Community Open Day, where where they invite all the um, the organizers from the meetups to come to this to this event in Munich, and then. I don't know, there's like sessions, like talks and stuff like that. And, and it's like they pay for travel and the hotel and everything. And it's it's really interesting. Um, I have no idea what is going to happen there, but I'm definitely going. And there's a there's a bunch of other organizers. I'm also going. So um, Stuttgart JS organizers going there. Um, Pot JS um, is also going there, the, the organizer. <clears throat> and... Like we have this this Slack channel where we where we are also connecting and stuff like that and sharing speakers, so we're basically going to meet each other there. So that's that's really cool. So I'm really looking forward to that and to see what what that is. The community open. Cool. Day. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think we should um, we should start 
a meetup, uh, just the three of us, and um, <laughs> have to go I, to I need, Munich. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I well, yeah, uh, and and so I need um, some money for pizza <laughs> and to travel uh, to be a speaker. <clears throat> Um, yeah, that's a good idea. I could just say uh, we just need a little bit of money for uh, for travel from Oakland to uh, to Stuttgart to, to Munich. Yeah, to yeah, Munich. Yeah, Wherever. whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll, <laughs> I will go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I can definitely um, um, kind of see. If they're interested in supporting um, an eventual, you know, reactive tour through Germany, <laughs> what well, we, you, you know, know you'll, you'll never know unless you ask. Really, yeah, is what yeah. So, so I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna we can ask. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. it's actually a good point. We have to we have to uh, work on that. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. did did you ever did you ever find out if there would be anybody uh, on your side there, NPM or something like that? <laughs> I would like to support um, that. <laughs> um, uh, so I have I have my husband on board. <clears throat> um, That's he good. Does have money, so there's that problem. <laughs> um, mostly because his money is my money, and I don't have money yet for this. Unless somebody wants to buy uh, the company I'm currently working at, you know, it'll be, it'll be cheap. Um, not really. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm still working on it. <clears throat> but Look, this is super, like, this is a, this is like marketing cost for NPM. That's, they should have that, like, in their, they have a tr- treasure trove somewhere, I'm sure, where it oh, says, yeah. like, there's marketing written on it, and you just I say, mean, that's what I need, like, 50% here. of that, or something. Right, I mean, well, that's why we have wombats on staff. They actually, they, so we, we bury all of our money into the ground, and the wombats go in and they burrow, right, into, into the money pits whenever we need some more money. That's, that's <laughs> cool. how that works. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then they cover the hole with their their cubic poop, so that nobody tries to go in. See, <clears throat> see, security. Security. Right. Yeah, nobody's yeah. going to go in there. Natural security. Yeah. I mean, Sweet. would you want to go head to head with a wombat? Nope. Uh, I mean, they're really no. cute. They have little little buck teeth. Anyway. Yeah. Somebody posted this this little video about this. Uh, not about but showing this wombat baby following this IT guy around. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you see that? That was so great. No. Of course I did. Yeah, okay. Oh, Henning. No. You're behind. Yeah. Is it in the Happy Channel? Yeah, it's you in the Happy Channel. This, oh, okay. That video is so good. <laughs> it's, amazing. it's so cute. And it's little, and it just goes really quickly around. And it gets, <laughs> I just want to like make a little like sound effect. Like We need to like add some music, some background music to this little... You know, wombat going around the office. Oh my god! I need. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, how is there must be an office somewhere in Australia, I guess. But yeah. how do you get a? Oh like, my do, are, are those are they used as pets? The wombats. I mean, so I think there are a few people. I mean, it's kind of like having a raccoon as a pet. Yeah, <laughs> so like, I'm wondering. It's not exactly. So some people are like, you know, they're kind of pesty or whatever, but they're. I don't know. They're they're cute and adorable, and they don't stink too bad. I don't know. But oh my goodness! So I tried to submit my letter of resignation the other day. Not seriously, um, because 
apparently in Australia, they are looking for a, uh, a an official wombat cuddler. Oh, I read so someone, something about that. Yeah. Someone, so it's like in Tasmania, they need a person to go around hanging out with wombats. And I was like, sign me up. <laughs> but then I found out that uh, you have to have Australian citizenship first. That's so, so whack. I know. How can you reduce it to one country? You must find the best in the world. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> This is crazy. I'm pretty sure I would be the best wombat cuddler ever. Yeah. I can you know, definitely see that. Yeah. Rockbot for wombat cuddler president. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Or you could be the president of all the cuddlers even. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to move up and, and <clears throat> be a manager one day. So that, that works with my career goals. That's fine. Cool. Yeah, you just sent the wombats to uh, work at NPM. Like, look, that's, uh, don't. That's the natural habitat. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> this is this is all really just part of my plan to import wombats to Oakland. That's that's what it all comes down. To. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's exactly what our listeners are tuning in for. Yes, I know. <laughs> Forget JavaScript. Let's talk about wombats. All right. I mean, they're intimately related. I'm not saying that. No. <laughs> uh, but Henning, what what are you bringing to this uh, table? To this reactive table today oh not too much really just questions mostly but questions. uh yeah i'm i'm still uh um there's a lot of big changes going on at the moment so i i am not doing too much on the extracurricular side it's mostly php and um having a lot of fun with my little podcast yeah so you still like posting like twice yeah. a day or something no 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 <laughs> sometimes sometimes <clears throat> This is when when uh, when they come out with some blog post or something. I do like a thirty second thing. Hey, look, there's a blog post. <laughs> no, um, yeah, it's I don't know. It's um, it's growing so fast, and uh, there's actually a really good listenership, and there's a lot of interaction with uh, Twitter followers. So it's uh, it's almost a little bit too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to step back from that a little bit, but uh, cool. So what is the latest exciting news from PHP Storm World? PHP Storm? Um, world. World, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, I, this, is, this whole thing, I'm sort of going at it from a, a beginner's perspective. So I'm just at the moment really doing um, things that I, that I need to figure out. <clears throat> And then instead of just, you know, muddling through it or going back to Vim or doing something else, I just force myself to take the time to um, figure out how to do it in in PHP Storm, if that makes sense. Um, and the, the the latest sort of stuff has just been mostly with uh, automating things, so code inspection. Um, just you know, have the IDE do as much as possible for you, and um, the things that I've sort of bumped into. Uh, You know, it's sort of the initial like, wow, this is so, so awesome thing is kind of wearing off. I'm sort of coming to the edges of where it's not so pretty <laughs> <laughs> and, and seeing the problems that I've seen on Twitter. I'm like, hey, what are you talking about? It crashes all the time. Eh, unfortunately, it kind of does. Um, mm, okay. I've had some quite some issues the last few days. And um, but in for the most part, it's, you know, it's just it works. And that's the. 
it works without doing too much configuration or installing stuff. Um, you know, the yeah, the stuff that doesn't work so great, I guess, was themes. Those are just things that are, I don't know, it's complicated and it seems messy. And maybe that has to do with, you know, it being on on a platform that's shared between multiple IDEs. I have no idea, but uh, I sort of have this theory that this theme plugin is, is causing this thing to crash, but hmm. who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I think the theming uh, in, in WebStorm or all the storms, it's just, it seems like to like an afterthought, like it was not yeah, important absolutely. when they started working on the editor. And yeah. I'm just so uh, used to, cause I've been uh, working with sublime text before and now with, with Adam and they both worth work the same way. There's like billions of themes out there and they have really super cool default themes um now especially in adam and um it's so easy to exchange it and so like when, well the well, theme there's themes and themes i don't yeah, know what well what, what there's themes it. and the ui uh, like uh, in adam they call it i think ui theme or ui something where, where it's mm -hmm. like the whole like you know your tool the, the menu and everything like the Chrome or right. the editor it skins the entire ID exactly yeah. and the yeah. other thing is the the code highlight highlighting exactly basically. yeah so yeah. and and both of those things are easily to uh, very easy to change in okay. Adam and Sublime Text and it's and it's like really whatever you want you can have very easily and and um, so that always was very important to me I want to I'm looking at this the whole day it needs to be how I want exactly, it exactly yeah and. Um, and with WebStorm or whatever I was using, I tried it once and I just, after 10 minutes, I couldn't figure out how to change the colors <laughs> and it was like done for me. It couldn't be working. Mm. Like to me, it's too important. But yeah, well, there's, to, there's ma to many people, it's not. Like many people just use the def default stuff and because they get a lot of value out of, you know, what it does, um, especially with PHP and Java and stuff like that. So it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't work for no, me. I mean, there's a bazillion, uh, you know, highlighting themes that you can very easily install, but um, that is just for the code editing area, basically, mm -hmm. like you mm -hmm. said, you know. And um, to get everything else to play nice, you have to sort of fiddle with some some plugins that then adjust the color of other parts of the IDE to the same background color that you have specified in your, you know, editing tab and it still doesn't work because then like you said the menus and everything are still the same color so I found this one plugin which is um, the material UI theme and that seems to be thought through from beginning to end where everything really matches you know and mm -hmm. and I was just I guess I don't have the patience or like you said you didn't have, you have that either because <laughs> you can go in and adjust the colors yourself but oh, I don't God. want to do that I just, I just like this is science. what I want yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly right. Because I've been using um, Solarize Dark for like five years now in Vim, and I'm so used to looking at that. And I, I put it in into um, you know PHP Storm, but then the rest of the IDE was bright, mm -hmm. and that's just the contrast is like ugh, you can't I can't deal with that. Mm -hmm. So that's why I started fiddling around with it. So. Um, but I moved away from Solarize, and it took me like three days to get used to it. And it's it's a big deal. It really is a big deal mm -hmm. when you're used to seeing certain things a certain way, and then you switch it. It's not uh, like oh yeah, I'm going to choose a different color today. No, and like you said, the things really have to fit together. Uh, I tried a whole bunch of different 
uh, highlighting themes where the comments, the comment colors were just, they didn't work for me, you know? Mm -hmm. It just, yeah, yeah it's, uh, ugh. <clears throat> anyway. So that's um, sort of the, the, the sort of the disappointing parts about it, I guess, uh, so far. And, and maybe this is just lack of knowledge, but like you said, you know, it shouldn't take you a day to figure this out. So. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Yeah. clears throat> Raquel, what, what, is, what is your themes story? Um, I use sublime text and so I was, I, I had this one theme for a long time and then I, something broke in the theme. I don't know what it was, but like the tabs were all messed up. So then I had to spend like a solid hour trying to find a new theme that was good enough. And cause I don't have time. I just don't have time to sit there and fiddle with colors or yep. whatever. And I think exactly to your point, Henning, like even if you find the right theme for the text editing part, it might not necessarily affect the outer part or vice versa. It affects the outer part and I don't want it to affect the other, the outer part, you know? And I'm just like, Arr! yeah, or it so. affects it in the, in the wrong way because the whole thing isn't designed as a whole. For example, some of the themes, you know, when I, you can switch between light and dark, um, IDE, whatever you want to call it, the whole skin. And, mm -hmm. Some of the the code highlighting code highlighting themes, they make the tab headings dark blue. So dark blue on dark gray is horrible. Mm. Right, you can't yeah. you can't read it. So and yeah, and then I asked about it, and they're like, oh, you can customize it. Like, yeah, I don't want to customize it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and that, that was like that was one of the major reasons why I couldn't switch to Adam. Like, I really wanted to, but I couldn't because like the the number of options was too many <laughs> and it would take it took me too much time to figure out what was <clears throat> exactly the right setup for me one thing i really love about slack actually is um so it's a love hate thing actually but um you can customize the colors on your uh, on your slack window as well um but if someone else creates the theme you can just copy paste the colors into like a theme thing and you get it immediately. Like everything, like it's, it's all parsed based on like the order. It's like an array of, of hashes and then it'll just automatically change it for you. So you can let somebody else color, customize the colors for you. And you'd be like, Hey, I love that theme. Just give me that one. And you just copy and paste as opposed to having to like upload a bunch of themes and all sorts of stuff. The only problem is that it doesn't affect all, all of the colors so it's a little weird hmm. but um yeah, yeah it seems to be a general, general <clears throat> problem but isn't yeah. it funny these tiny or seemingly weird little things make such a huge difference oh this is, oh, this is not little to me <laughs> it's, absolutely it's not huge. it's huge and yeah. so i have a huge tip though for for themes um because i i discovered this uh, while i was using sublime text at some at some point this thing popped up and it was something called base 16 colors and base 16 colors are basically um, 16 colors um, in different combinations and different kind of um, how would you say like flavors like some like there's like dark light then there's like um, pastel 
and stuff like that. But the thing about those 16 colors is that they are kind of chosen to work with each other really well. Mm. And and uh, during that Sublime Text time, time when, I, when I found that, I found a couple of themes. There's a bunch of themes. You can look for base 16 themes in um, like the registry for Sublime Text or Adam as well and stuff. And um, you, f- you find all those base 16 um, themes and they just felt um, so so good to me all of like all of them and my favorite one in the end was <clears throat> one with a dark blue um background but the colors that that the, the theme i chose was the with the colors that that were a little bit more pastel so it was not super it was a dark theme but not super like super dark with like super high contrast you know like bright mm. yellow on our black or stuff like that because that's too much and there's really some beautiful kind of more softer dark themes in the in the base 16 kind of thing there's this website base 16 you just have to google for base 16 colors and this website you can click on all those different combinations that they have and that's just a, a great kind of um 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 so basically, as a theme designer, if you want to make a new theme, you can just go to Base 16 and then take a combination and then implement and use those colors for your theme. And a lot of people did that. And 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 with Adam, actually, I ended up using a default theme, and it's the one. It's just called One One Dark, and <clears throat> that is actually also based. It was. It's very very close to the theme that I ended up using in Sublime Text. And um, and it's also I think a base sixteen kind of uh, uh, color scheme, and so mm-hmm. I definitely recommend if you because those 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 base sixteen colors they seem to be really like that just somebody who just really thought about the colors first right and and really when you look at the code examples on the base sixteen site you can click on different you know variations of the base sixteen colors and you can see a code sample you can see that those colors always work and that's that eliminates that problem with the themes that are nice but then the comments look weird or you know mm-hmm. certain keywords are off or something yeah. like that because somebody didn't do this whole color thing first and and so yeah i definitely that's i think this is a really cool tip. so when you use that in adam that works with the whole ide uh, yeah, Did so for, for, for Adam, there's the one dark uh, theme yeah. for color schemes and the one dark UI theme as well. Ah, okay. So they work together. They, you always have a pair, basically. Mm-hmm. Because okay. I tried some of those and I had this sort of the same problem <clears throat> where some of the um, colors for, you know, in the, in the file tree, it shows you basically... Um, the version control system tells you what's been updated, what's changed, uh, what's not changed, and it does that with different colors. And some of those, again, turn like into completely unreadable things, mm. which kind of stinks. But yeah, you you need a good UI theme as well, and it's, that, that's just h- way too hard in mm-hmm. uh, in the storms. That's that's a little sad. Yep. Too bad. Too bad. Not a showstopper yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, I've seen like people love it, and like most people in my team use it. I think. And no, I mean, the cool thing is, is I can actually ask that question now on on the you know show's Twitter account, and I get like tons mm-hmm. of feedback. So that's maybe amazing. I'll find something good. Yeah, you just plunged into like uh, a niche there, like a big <laughs> big need. Yeah. For- um, 
Yeah, because it's such a complex thing that IDE, right? It does so much, and it is people really, don't have time. I mean, and to the more you look into it, the more you realize, like, oh my god, it's it's insane. It's kind of like, I don't know. That's that's the common problem with all the software stuff. I think the only, I mean, I I look at GitHub for example. You know, it, it when I first started using it, two thousand whatever nine, I think. You know, it was such a simple. Sorry. Once upon a time. Yeah, it was such a simple interface, you know, and um, then when, when you're when you started out at that point, and and they added new things, it kind you know everything came kind of gradually, and um, you sort of learned. Oh, okay, that's changed a little bit there, and it looks a little different. It was not a big deal when you transition through the whole thing as it evolves, right? But somebody new coming to this sees like this whole i mean maybe github is not that complex but it is a lot different than it used to be and, and there's, there's a lot of hidden things. kind of features though that's like they also have keyboard shortcuts and all yeah. this kind of stuff there's a lot to uh, to there discover there is a lot actually. to it yeah that wasn't there in the beginning yeah. and i think that's sort of the problem with with a lot of software it's very hard to keep it clean and simple with all the functionality that you want to pile into it and it's kind of funny that um This Sindra Soros, he's got this uh, Chrome plugin that, that modifies mm -hmm. the, um, the GitHub experience because he's annoyed with uh, a bunch of these things. So he, GitHub he refined, to, is it? Is yeah, it exactly. Yeah. So he simplifies it or changes it to his liking because of this particular problem. And I guess what I was getting at is like, you know, you look at the Microsoft products or the Office products and they're just insane. But it's it's unfortunately the same thing with with the IDEs but I think you just come to a certain point where you at least when you you know on the surface what it can do and then you understand if you need that or not and uh, you would never use everything anyway I mean they have all these new features now for example to basically edit code remotely and it does that through FTP or SFTP or FTPS and you know that's something that I totally don't don't need and will never use But it's there. A lot of people do need that. And uh, so I can understand why things get so so complicated or so feature-rich, I guess, because there's all these different... <clears throat> there's actually uh, an interesting article on signal versus noise. Um, that's the blog from the 37 Signals or Basecamp people. Mm -hmm. uh, Basecamp is the it's what they're called now. And <clears throat> they're currently pushing out blog posts uh, like uh, like crazy. And They're very famous for their signal versus noise blog. There's like they they wrote two books off of that, off of those articles that they posted there, and they've been posting since years. And um, they're on Medium now and stuff, and they're really pushing it out. And there's this one article that just um, that I saw today, and it's called, it's it's right, it's actually uh, right to your point. It says why I love ugly messy interfaces and you probably probably do too and the author is kind of arguing that you know those adjectives beautiful fresh clean simple minimal are overused in like design speak and just in general you know interface um ux like in discussions and, and designers talking about that and then he's he's pulling out a bunch of examples that <clears throat> that have so so to speak messy interfaces. It's a very short blog post, um, but everybody uses them anyway and likes them. For instance, Photoshop, <laughs> you know, or in or Facebook and stuff like that, or Craigslist. Like there's these examples, and how 
you know, sometimes you just need all that functionality. And even though it looks maybe a little bit messy, at the end of the day, it's the best way to display or one of the best ways to display um, all this, this, uh, the, the features that you have. And yeah, the I mean, use cases you wanna you wanna do. You there's wanna probably in a lot of cases there's no way around it. I mean, if you've ever <clears> seen <throat> any of the software in the medical field, it is absolutely insane. I mean, um, medical record stuff, um, the things that my wife deals with. I just sort of, uh, I was at her office the other day and looked at um, her screen, and it was just it was insane. And uh, the same thing, I saw a uh, dentist in the U.S. <clears throat> with his new system. I mean, that UI was utter insanity. I mean, you know, to, to make comments on, on all the parts of the, the mouth and the teeth and all this. And it was it looked horrible. I mean, it looked very user unfriendly, but I don't, probably there's no, you know, not too much of a better way to do it because you can't simplify it. You need all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting because it like this, the clean interface is kind of worshipped today and and like articles like this kind of are like maybe foreshadowing like a move back to more cluttered interfaces and stuff we'll see but uh and it, i guess it automatically happens if you have to cover a lot of use cases then automatically there's going to be more complicated interfaces you can't hide everything yeah <clears throat> yeah fun yeah. So, um, are we talking about this Lambda Conf situation? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I guess that's a no. <laughs> people can people can look it up. <laughs> I mean, basically. So the 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 short version is, <clears throat> in an effort to be inclusive. So they say, uh, Lambda Conf uh, invited somebody to be a speaker, you know, like conferences do. Unfortunately, this particular speaker uh, has gone on the record, publicly says things like, slavery was a good idea. So... And so Lambda Conf's argument was, well, if we're going to be an inclusive community, then we should include everyone, even people who kind of think that other humans should not be treated as humans. Um, now, unfortunately for them, uh, this has backfired horrifically. And uh, many people in the community have basically stated that by accepting a person like this, you are creating a non-inclusive community because now anybody who does not subscribe to that particular viewpoint will um, feel very uncomfortable attending this conference. And by including people with particularly... Uh, uh, extreme points of view you're actually excluding a whole bunch of people who are self-selecting out and saying I cannot be a part of this because if I walk into the room that person is going to see me as somebody who should be less than equal um, and uh, I have to agree with the community on this one I think Lambda Conf has 
made a pretty suboptimal move here. And unfortunately, uh, the people who are not so, who, um, who disagree with me are coming out of the woodwork and they've somehow managed to help raise a whole bunch of money for Lambda Conf to keep going, even though sponsors have pulled out. Um, basically, it's going to be a pretty, I, I wouldn't go. You couldn't pay me to go to Lambda Conf at this point. And that is all I'm going to say on that. No. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's, it's insane. I, I actually don't think anymore that this is like uh, an honest mistake by nope. whoever was stating that, oh, I'm just trying to be inclusive. I think that by now I get the feeling by all the stuff that's popping up, popping up is that this was deliberate and they used inclusiveness as a shield to, mm -hmm. to, to basically force this to happen or to, to, to get, you know, that person in there um, because they just wanted it and they feel it's right uh because mm -hmm. they they side with with his arguments <clears throat> but you know like the the person i think that the, one of the organizers he was was writing on the he has his blog post and then so this whole thing backfired and then after some time he updated so the first blog post was all about well i think uh, we have to be inclusive and that's why we can't you know we have to it's a tech conference he's just going to talk about tech blah 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 and and then After this whole thing backfired, he then posted a, a bunch of quotes from people that support his, supported his point of view. And there was some very question, questionable stuff that he copy-pasted there um, that he was very proud of. And that seemed very weird and crazy. Mm. And now then there is also this sponsor that they're linking to. Um, and it's a company called like 451 something. And they have like blog posts where they express, um, what was it? They were um, talking like badly about a, a black female developer or something like that. And there was something racist on there also, or something along those lines. I retweeted that today. And, and that's too much coincidence. Like, This is not a mistake. This is somebody is like deliberate, de deliberately, de deliberately trying to create this platform for these people it, within that conference or something like that is mm -hmm. extremely absurd to me. And I would also never go there. It's, it's mm -hmm. sad that that happened. But yeah, it has been yeah. written about um, extensively. And yes. So people can, <laughs> can read that stuff. If you want to be informed. Yeah. yeah I just It's sad. I just don't believe that inclusive. I, I think I've, I'm a firm believer that in order to create a truly inclusive conference, you have to exclude people who are going to mess with the inclusivity of the conference. Yeah. And that I think is, is kind of counterintuitive to some people that um, wait, but if you're inclusive, you have to include everyone. It's like, no, actually I don't. In order to be inclusive, I need to create the, – the point of inclusivity is to have a welcoming environment <clears throat> for everyone. Uh, and honestly, look, if you're a racist, sexist, whatever, if you keep your mouth shut, 
fine. I don't care. You can come to my conference. But if you're going to open up your mouth and and actively exclude, basically try to put down people based on things that they have absolutely no control over, um, you know, their race, their gender, their uh, sexuality, et cetera, then you're not being inclusive. Therefore, you're breaking the basic tenet of the inclusivity model. Uh, and therefore, no, I don't want you at my conference. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how I feel about it. Amen. So, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so, and, it, yeah. And, it's, and it's about it's also about um, so inclusivity for me just it does not it's not the mathematical term of inclusivity where or that, that's not even a thing but <laughs> but it's not about in uh, explicitly literally including everybody it's about creating a mm -hmm. balance right mm -hmm. like something that that is not right right now needs to be improved and mm -hmm. and it needs to be more welcoming for for everybody and everybody has to feel welcome and if you are a person that that can't participate in welcoming um everybody then you don't belong there exactly yeah yeah, <clears throat> That's it. yeah i think that the key is is being welcoming and if if you have views and express that <laughs> that is basically not in your not your intention then that just doesn't work so yeah absolutely yeah i have no idea what this is all about i i have to do some reading here <laughs> holy cow that's terrible yeah yeah, yeah it's fortunate I mean, it's it is, really it's like it's so hard for me to understand that this kind of stuff still happens with you know all the the press the bad press you don't they know this isn't going to go over well i mean this is ridiculous <laughs> I mean, no, but this is especially in the U.S. This is uh, sadly our current state of affairs, right? We have we have somebody running for president who oh God, yeah. genuinely feels that uh, whatever, like, dependent on the religion that you were born into, uh, should determine whether or not you're welcome into our country. Um, yeah. Don't get me started. Don't <laughs> get me started. Uh, but yeah, this is. Wombats. Especially, Let's talk about wombats. <laughs> yeah, wombats are so cute. Um, just right now, our current state of American culture is it's it's in it's it's very volatile right now. It's it's like things are exploding, um, and I think I'm actually kind of excited. Is so not the right word, um, but I'm 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 watching very carefully to see how things progress because I think. Right now, we're in this like really explosive time that hopefully at the end means that things will get better. Because, um, you know, as the saying goes, sometimes things have to get worse before they can get better. Um, so I'm just waiting until we hit the absolute rock bottom so we can just, you know, find our way back up and it'll be fine. That's me trying to be optimistic. Woo! <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm yeah. going to go hang out in Australia with some wombats. <laughs> That's right. Maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> if they let you in that's the dream yeah. uh, true. Yeah. true well it's alright if they don't let me in I know New Zealand will <laughs> and then I'll just you know take a boat paddle that, it, it, it's not that far apart right just, no you can swim over can you over yeah. yeah I mean I'm not gonna swim it's a little bit far I'd get tired a canoe a canoe will be fine a canoe surely that would be okay uh, Australian and New Zealand friend, uh, listeners, you know, let us know. 
if that's the smartest or actually the dumbest idea ever, <laughs> uh, you can join us on our Slack channel, <laughs> which you can access uh, via our, our show notes, uh, which are at reactive.audio. There's a link. Come join us. Hang out with us. It'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and our Twitter account is at ReactivePod, where you can also uh, send us information related to how to get to New Zealand from Australia. Maybe it <laughs> needs to be a didgeridoo or something. You have to you know, hold on to a didgeridoo. I don't know that a didgeridoo... You can fly. Maybe it flies um, you over. I don't know. I, I, you know, things are different over there. You can't... Be, you have to be open. It's a very spiritual... <laughs> Henning, Henning just snorted so hard that it's going to be really interesting to see how he says his Twitter handle today. <clears throat> and I'm Khalil Tweets on Twitter. Oh, man. All right, there's still no new reviews. I don't know. I think Fido is broken. This got to be got to be wrong. I'll go there manually or by... Yeah, go and look in, in, in iTunes and see what's going on there. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I'll say it again. Please leave us a review. Let us know what you think. And uh, my uh, Twitter handle is hglattergots. Wow, smooth. <laughs> smooth. That was awesome. That oh. was, maybe we should I had to think a... about it. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, and I'm a Rockbot on Twitter. And we don't have anybody new coming into our Slack channel this week, so no shout outs. But, um, you know, come on in, hang out, and um, enjoy the happy channel. Enjoy. Also, you know, <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, re just a shout out to our uh, regular guests in the Slack chat. Just, since we're not shouting out anybody new, we'll just okay. shout out all the uh, the old guys and girls and yeah, all the oldies. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I was actually hanging out a little bit in the Slack chat last the last weeks. I don't know what I was talking about. Oh, music! But oh yeah, so there's a new music uh, channel. Oh. And because we started sharing our uh, music tastes and like links and stuff like that in the general one, and it just got too much, so we moved it to a music channel. And now you can find a plethora of different kinds of tastes and music, like electronic music, then you know, like Japanese metal where girls are singing, and then there's like, um, of course, like uh, grime and dancehall because. I'm also posting music there sometimes. And um, I think like uh, it's like trance and like everything. It's, it's jazz, I think. Also death metal or something like that or some, you know, like something like that. Some so this is just general, general music taste. This is not like music <laughs> code to or anything. Like that. Um, well, some of them are like actually lists, like playlists that people are using to code to. And mm. uh, yeah, mm. I'll go check just, that out forage that and see if you find anything there's definitely some interesting stuff like for instance there's this group that some of our slack chatters were raving about i think it's called what are they called momentum or something like that or something with an m i don't know and uh and then they brought out a new album and some uh, some of some of them were like oh my god i didn't know that they had a new album out i'm like who's this <laughs> and I checked it out, and it's actually interesting. It's uh, yeah, cool. Uh, cool. I can listen to it. Okay. Yeah, fun. so that's exciting. 
So shout out Yay. to the to the music music posters. <clears throat> Yay, awesome. new channels! All right. Well, I think that's it for this week. Yeah. And we'll chat again next week. Sounds good. Yay! Bye. Bye. Bye.